Good morning. Um, I'm so glad that we're all here. I mean, God uses this time to do some amazing things in our hearts and lives, right? It's, it's awesome. I appreciate your faith that helps when I need prayer, and um, I hope you appreciate my faith that helps when you need prayer. So we're in, uh, let's take this week, since we saw so many people are dealing with stuff, and just be praying for each other this week, you know? Pray for um, blessings of God to pour out on each of us. Okay, this is our final message from the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we start the cast of Christmas after that. Uh, but today, we're going to look at the last uh, bit of chapters 5 through 7. And so if you have your Bibles and want to turn to chapter 7 and be, uh, it's going to be at the end of the chapter, obviously. And we will look at it in just a moment. But I want to start out talking about, uh, since the theme of this message is safe in the storm, I want to talk about something that happened in the United States in September of 2022. If you remember, that was about a little over a year ago. And Hurricane Ian ripped through the beach and coastal towns of southwest Florida. Uh, there was damage to homes, businesses, hospitals, everything, and no power and no running water. And uh, as in this picture, houses were tossed around and became rubble. People were cut off from the mainland, mainland who were on the islands. Orange cops were damaged. Ports were closed. Rail traffic was uh, destroyed, halted. Sewage treatment plants were ruined. And boy, you would really know that would be something you'd miss if that happened, right? <laughs> so there's no water and no sewage treatment. Uh, it was devastation. This was one of the worst storms to ever hit the United States. It was a physical storm. Today we're going to talk about what Jesus said about the storms of life. So let's read in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 29, and see what Jesus has for us this morning. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So it begins with therefore. All the things we've covered over the last several weeks uh, the things we've looked at that Jesus has encouraged people to do and, and be part of, um, to ask, to seek, to knock, to follow Jesus, to know God's will, to enter in that narrow gate, it says. Narrow because we can't take a bunch of other stuff with us when we follow Jesus, right? I mean, you've you got to lay it all down at the foot of the cross and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and then go through that gate to eternal life with Jesus. Therefore, because of all of the stuff we've looked at over the last several weeks, Jesus says, because of this, don't just hear these words or read them in the Bible, but also put them into practice. Do them regularly like a wise man who built his house on the rock. In Luke 6, there's another uh, account of this, verses 47 and 48. It says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice... I will show you what they are like. 
They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house could not, uh, could but not shake it because it was well built. It couldn't shake that house. It couldn't destroy that house. This tells us here that this man dug down deep. It wasn't just a quick, uh, you know, go, go and buy a few things and build a shed on the rock. He dug down deep. He made a good foundation on that rock. And that's like the basis of, of living for our lives. There's security in a good foundation when there's a storm. So group question for you, what is the best foundation we can lay for our lives? The Bible, faith in Jesus, yeah, uh, in, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11, he says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So as we read the Bible, as we understand what it means to have faith in him, our foundation needs to be Jesus Christ. Our lives need to be built on him and our faith in him. It's not just agreeing that Jesus is a good foundation, though. Like if I say that and you all are like, yep, that's the one. It's not just that. We also need to come to Jesus to repent of sinful ways, surrender ourselves to Jesus. And then that part next that happens is building the house in Jesus' example. Hebrews 6, 1 says, Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. So here in Hebrews it's talking about not only is it a foundation on Jesus Christ, but there needs to be some repentance there. That when we come to Jesus, we repent of what we used to live like. And repent, that word means to turn and walk a different way. It means I don't just say, oh, I'm sorry about that. Hope I don't do it again. It means that we decide we do not want to live sinful lives, that we want to live our life for Jesus Christ. And when we're following <coughs> what Jesus says to do, we build our house on the solid rock, and then we'll be safe in the storms. 1 John 5.18 says, We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. So that's telling us that God is going to keep us safe when we, we don't continue with sin. We repent of the sin. We walk forward with our foundation built on Jesus Christ. We're following Jesus. It says in that scripture that God will keep us safe. So when Jesus is describing this to the people he's, he's been talking to over the last several minutes probably probably been about an hour right so he says okay here's the deal you need a good foundation you need to put these words into practice and then he talks about three things rain streams and winds well the rain is talking about there is not just like you know you know how sometimes when they say oh it's going to rain and then you look out Inside and it's like little drippy things that it's you hardly need an umbrella, right? He's not talking about that kind of rain. He's talking about a heavy, really bad rain. And then streams, that word for stream isn't just like the little trickling brook through the countryside. This is a torrent, a violent, fast-moving stream of water. And then the winds. 
he says they blew and battered the house so bad. And so he's talking about these things. It sort of sounds like that hurricane, right? But he says if you built it on a good foundation, it's not going to fall because it's on a firm foundation. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So I have a question for you all. In this passage today, what are those storms he's talking about? Yeah. Job issues, health issues, sickness, relationships. Yeah. In other words, all those things that we were talking about when we were worshiping that we're dealing with, and that's what, we're, that's what he's talking about here. So the Apostle Paul built his life on the commands of Jesus Christ, and he was able to weather the storms. He didn't have, like, this perfect life, and he wrote all this great scripture and didn't go through anything. No, he tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. So Paul went through some stuff, but he says, yeah, all that stuff, it came against me. It messed with me. But guess what? I'm not crushed. I'm not in despair. I'm not abandoned, and I'm not destroyed because of Jesus Christ. So part of being that wise builder is putting the words of Jesus, his teachings and his commands into practice. Jesus said, put them into practice. In other words, do this regularly. You know, don't just like think about it, but actually do it. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we surrender to him, when we obey, when we obey his commands, like we've said before, it's not just to fill out a checklist and say, yep, did that, did that, did that. But it's out of reverence why we follow his commands and his teaching, out of reverence for him and surrender to a holy God because we want to please the Lord God by how we are living our lives. If the storms of life are beating you down, go to Jesus in prayer. Just surrender it to him and follow his will. Uh, put into practice what you're reading in the Bible. So then he talks about a foolish person, a person who doesn't heed those words. They, the teaching and the commands of Jesus, they are hearing them, but they are not putting them into practice. Their foundation, he says, is not Jesus. It's not on the solid rock. So they're living a life kind of like doing whatever they choose. This person might even read the Bible, and they might enjoy hearing about Jesus and what he said, but they're not doing it. They're not putting it into practice. They don't obey the commands. And the biggest thing here isn't that, but that they have never surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. That's the biggest thing. When we're trying to live a good life and we're trying to be a good person, to do good things, but we're not committed, not surrendered to Jesus Christ, we don't have that good foundation. The things we do in our life, the things we think might be just fine to do and are not practicing the commands that God has for us in the Bible, the rain and the winds will batter us, and, and that's not going to last. Uh, our lives would start to fall apart if we're just not following 
say we've got that foundation of Jesus Christ, we really want to surrender our life, but then we're not really paying attention to the commands and not finding out what God wants us to do. That's not a good situation either. The things you and I build our life on need to be the things of God. The foundation of the cross of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did for us, because we ourselves can't build it good enough in our own, you know? Our lives need to be surrendered to Jesus Christ because we can never live a life good enough to match the holiness of God. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross for us, that we can come to God because Jesus is the way to God. He's the truth and he's the life. Our lives need to be placed in the hands of Jesus Christ when we surrender to him and we call him Lord. Uh, and then he desires that, after that, that we follow his teachings. We put his commands into practice. So to build on the foundation, the things that God shows us to build. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15, it says, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through flames. So someday, what this verse is talking about is someday in eternity, we're going to be before Jesus Christ. We'll be with him, and everything that we've done you know, the things, the sins of our sinful life before, we've repented of that, we come to him, the blood of the cross covers that. But then as we go forward in our, our lives, the, that, that thing that Jesus called of like building our house on the rock, all that stuff we've done for Jesus Christ, all the things we have done will be tested. All the things we've done with our life, it'll be evaluated or tested by the fire of God. So if we built things out of selfishness or wrong motives, or even things that we've done that are against the commands of God, that'll be burned up. That's what this verse is calling wood, hay, or stubble. But the things that we have done in obedience to God's word and for Jesus Christ will last, and that's the gold, the silver, and the costly stones. This verse tells us that we'll be saved if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, if he's our foundation. And the things that we build our life with make a difference. We'll receive a reward for it. It tells us we get a reward for the things we've done for Jesus and in obedience to him. And when we put those commands into practice. But if we're just out there doing our own thing and our words and our motives and behavior are not lining up with what the Bible tells us it should be with the word of God, yes, we'll be saved if we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, but if all we have done with our lives will be burned up, if this verse says we will suffer loss, the builder will suffer loss yet still be saved. What a sad thing. It's just us escaping the fire, but the works are all burned up. That would be a sad thing, wouldn't it? To lose everything because it was done for yourself and not for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And the word here in this verse that talks about the judgment of Christ is bima. 
That's the Greek word bima. And it means it's coming before to be judged for a reward. And to kind of give some understanding on this, you know, at the end of the year, most companies have a review for each of their employees. And each of them is evaluated for how they, they did their job. And some of the ratings they might get might be below expectations, meaning they, they didn't do what they were expected to do in their job. Or maybe they met expectations. They did just what was expected of them. Or maybe above expectations, because what they did was beyond and above what that job would have expected them to do. That's a good thing. Um, so that person's salary and any promotions that person would get are based on that review based on their job performance. In this scripture, it's, what it's showing us is that we will come before Jesus Christ and have a review of what we've done in our lives in eternity. And we stand before the beamish seat, the judgment seat for reward of Jesus Christ. It's our works that are judged, judged for reward. If everything burned up, it would be because we weren't doing things for Jesus Christ. We, we were then just coming and suffering loss. Our only reward then would be eternal life with, with God. So what happens to those who do not have Jesus Christ as their foundation, as their Savior? What happens to them then in eternity? They're not with God. Eternity without Jesus. Yeah. Um, in Revelation 20, verses 12 through 15, it talks about that. It says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So what this tells you is anyone who hasn't built their life on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will someday face a judgment too. And this is not the same word for judgment as in the, uh, as Bema. It's judgment for punishment. They're going to be judged according to whether their names are in the book of life, whether they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. When you and I accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our names are in that book of life. When we go all through life and don't, our names are not in there. So this is a thing where whether or not they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior determines where they spend eternity. And their works are judged for punishment. And finally, they're sent to hell. This is a very different judgment than the one for believers in Jesus Christ. One judgment for reward. The other judgment for punishment and eternity without God. This is why we need to make a decision for accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and tell others as well. So as we look at this, how do we stay safe in the storms of life? Well, the first thing we see from this passage is that we need to have Jesus as the foundation of our life. We need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 
Romans 3, 21 and 24 says, but now apart from the law of righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So that's saying all of us need a Lord and Savior. There's nobody that can make it on their own. We've all sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. And Jesus provided a way that we can be justified freely by the grace of Jesus Christ, by the redemption he provided for us on the cross. So first, to stay safe in the storms of life is to have Jesus as our foundation. And the second thing is to trust Jesus in the storms. God gives us the ability and the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit, to make it through the storms. And sometimes he even keeps the storms away from us. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10 says, I, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. So Paul is saying, yeah, I'm going through some stuff, but I'm trusting God, and the power of the Holy Spirit is, is getting me through this. And I know that it's not just this time, but it's in the future. I can trust him in everything. Lamentations 3, 21 and 24 says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. So the writer of this uh, passage in Lamentations said that, I don't have to worry that I'm going to use it all up on this particular day because every day it's new again. There's plenty for me. His love never fails. His compassion never fails. His faithfulness cannot be used up. One thing we know that if Jesus is the Lord of our lives, we won't be in any storm that isn't being used by God to mold us into the image of Jesus Christ. It's used by God to strengthen us. If it's not that, if it's just an attack of the enemy, if you're following Jesus Christ, you've got God's protection over that. God has given us his compassion and love, and it keeps us doing the things that would otherwise consume us. So we have Jesus as the foundation of our life. We trust Jesus in the storm. And then three, we put into practice the commands that are in the Bible, that are in God's word. We don't want to just know them and agree that they sound really good. Those teachings and commands of God, those are great. No, we want to do them. We want to keep them. We want to practice them. 1 John 3.24 says, The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. This is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. So this verse lets us know that when we keep God's commands, he's in us, he's with us, and we're with him. And how we can know that is the witness of the Holy Spirit in us. When we pray and ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, we have that witness within us that God is with us. 
He lives in us and we live in him. That's what that verse says. And that is the way to stay safe in the storms. Have Jesus as the foundation of our life. To trust Jesus during the storms and to put into practice the commands of God. Would you stand as we close? So the most important thing for each of us is that we have that foundation of Jesus Christ for our lives. I just ask that you just bow your heads. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've not received what he did for you on the cross, where he paid the penalty for your sins, where he forgave you when you receive it, so you can spend eternity with him, today's the day. If you would like to make that commitment to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand. Thank you. Dear Jesus, I'm just going to pray this prayer. Um, Lord God, I pray that you would just help people to really make this commitment today. And just as I pray this prayer, just pray along with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe you shed your blood for me and rose from the dead to save me from my sins. I want to be with you in heaven forever. Forgive me of all of my sins. I hear and now open my heart to you. I ask you to come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Okay, so just keep your heads bowed here. Secondly, maybe while we've been talking to you, you're really questioning whether or not you're building with some of the wrong materials. And you, and you know that that means they'd burn up when you come before the beam of seat of Jesus. If you want to start putting into practice the words of Jesus, his commands and teaching, and be filled with the Holy Spirit's power, just raise your hand. Lord God, we pray that you would uh, fill everyone up, Father, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Saturate us, Lord God, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, with that strength, with that power, that wisdom, that guidance that the Holy Spirit can give. Lord, help us to live our lives, putting into practice the things that are in your word. Father, we want to be living lives that please you. We don't want to, we're not doing this out of compulsion, but we're doing it because we want to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to do the things in our life that show that we are followers of Jesus Christ. We want to make a difference, Lord, because you're making a difference in us. Thank you, Father, for the opportunities that we have in life to, to um, just really trust you. And, Father, we know that there's a lot of us right now dealing with stuff. Father, I pray that we would trust you in those storms. Lord God, as we are practicing the things in the word of God, as we are doing the things you've commanded us to do, Father, I pray there would be a strength and a peace and a, pro a protection and provision from you as we go through this. Lord God, I thank you that we uh, encounter people every day who need to know this message of hope. And so, Father, I pray that we would uh, be uh, open and available for you to use us to speak those words of life into people's um, circumstances that are around us each day. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. Lord God, I pray that you would just encourage us and strengthen us as we go into this week, that we know that we're hanging on to your hand. 
and you are not letting go of ours. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.